And our new poll this morning with the Washington Post shows significant warning signs for Democrats. More than half of the country disapproves of Biden's job performance, weighed down by significant discontent over the economy. Forty percent say they are worse off financially than they were two years ago. The most negative response to that question in nearly 40 years of our polling. And as Biden prepares for a likely 2024 re-election campaign, less than a third of Democratic voters want to see him re-nominated. Democrats were shuddering privately just a few days ago about how big the margin was going to be. Republicans were predicting a red wave, but they may end up with the same slim majority Democrats have had for the last two years. We are going to take the House back. But we've got so much more to do, and I have only begun to fight. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. It's a big week here in Washington, D.C. A lot of things happening. I mean, we aim to to please here, right, fellas? Yeah, we got the State of the Union coming up. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's just a bunch of stuff going on. And this is kind of like... You know, you go through the month of January in federal politics, and it's kind of like the resetting of the decks, and then you get the State of the Union, and it's like, that's like the kickoff. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where the stuff really goes down. We can actually get some serious content other than Biden fumbling all over himself and Kamala fumbling all over herself. Like, it's real stuff. Yeah. Right? We're debating about real stuff. Amazingly, we may get some of that next week. I don't know if we're going to get that from the State of the Union. But they certainly had a nice little preview with the balloon, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what an absolute mess. And, you know, I think what's even more shameful than the way it was handled is the way that the media coverage has been for the balloon of where they were like, oh, problem solved, good job, Biden. When days earlier they're like, why are Republicans freaking out over a balloon? Are they overplaying it? When, like, everyone now understands this is a Chinese spying apparatus. And you saw even elected members of Congress, Democrats, being like, why are Republicans so mad about a balloon? Like, (laughs) I I felt like I was losing my mind. Like, I remember during the Cold War, you know, when when you had, uh, was it the U-2 spy plane? Like, there were international incidents over, like, obvious known spying. And it's gotten to the point where Democrats are so comfortable. Like I said, they're literally in bed with Chinese spies in some cases. (laughs) (laughs) That they're like, oh, well, no big deal. (laughs) My my favorite uh, part of that, that sort of genre of coverage smug was when old Don Beyer oh, God. Chirped, chirped up to talk about how Republicans were taking this too seriously. This is the same Don Beyer who had a Chinese spy on his congressional staff. <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, that is, I guess, a high bar to clear. Like a balloon doesn't cross that high <laughs> bar if you're... If you're a uh, if you're employee, you just think you think Don Beyer would have thought to himself as he was drafting that tweet. Uh, you know what? Maybe I should take you know take a playoff. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Couldn't well, do it. The balloon is not the only unfortunate scene setter for Biden tonight. Uh, before he takes the microphone, that intro we heard with the polling from ABC, Washington Post, not exactly a conservative pollster. No, no. But I mean you. <sighs> What other explanation do you have? 40% seems low to me, right? I mean, when you consider the economy, what it's done, I mean, I realized last week there were some hopeful economic news, but I feel like the American people just sort of worked their way out of economic morass, and we have not at all experienced what we're likely to mm-hmm. in terms of the prolonged mm-hmm. impact of inflation, of shitty economic policy, of incentivizing 
all kinds of terrible manufacturing offshore. I mean, what's your take on that? So this is something that I've been concerned about for a while now, and I think a number of, especially in the media folks, don't understand the structural situation of the economy that we have right now. Um, Like some statistics I like to point out is we now have hit a record high amount of money that Americans have on credit cards, Mm -hmm. all-time high. Americans are are starting to try to make up the gap given the high inflation that this administration is responsible for. And this is something you predicted last summer. Exactly. I said, you know, look towards the credit cards. I bet they spike. And and here we are. Credit cards are spiking. At the same time, uh, as all of our listeners know, interest rates are spiking. So you have people who are having to make up the difference of what they make and what groceries and basic staples, you know, utilities make up that difference using credit cards and they're paying like 30% on that. Like blood money is where, <laughs> where you have mm-hmm. interest rates right now. Um, and I think, you know, when, when the White House is pointing to, well, you know, you're not seeing unemployment really tick up. I, I Maybe a lot of people aren't exactly trying to, you know, jump out of a job when they're barely making ends meet. Might be one of the things. Now we're starting to see companies are trying to tra- find ways to tighten the belt. A number of tech companies who I think is kind of like a canary in the coal mine, given they've powered uh, a significant portion of our economy over the past decade, you're seeing layoffs there. Mm. You're seeing significant layoffs there. You you hear about things in the news. Uh, Netflix is kind of trying to backtrack on it, but like uh, uh, penny pinching the sense of like, we're looking for password sharing people. You know, like a lot of these companies that were flying high, uh, you know, are now dealing with economic yeah. realities of, high interest rates you know there's not free money that they can coast off of um americans are tightening the belt themselves and looking at where to cut whether it's streaming services any kind of like a luxury you know consumers are starting to cut out in in the middle class which is the beating heart of this country so when you look at specific you know instances that the white house is is trying to get you to focus on like you know for the longest time they tried denying the existence of interest or uh, of inflation uh saying that, oh, you know, your, your 4th of July meal is uh, only like a dollar more this year. You know, they've been trying to lie and obfuscate on the problem with inflation and all the other uh, problems, whether it's baby formula, whether it's getting medication for kids, that this economy has going on right now. And just pointing to one metric of like, well, it seems like Americans aren't quitting their jobs. Yeah, it doesn't feel. It no, doesn't I feel. mean, he's 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 got a lot of explaining to do tonight, which we all know is something he's nearly incapable of. Yeah. Well, his, his last solo press conference was on November 14, man, 83 oh days ago, and that was basically for him to take a victory lap over a, you know, basically what expectations were in a election versus reality. He still lost the damn house. He, he wanted to congratulate the Justice Department for not revealing that he had hidden confidential <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> everywhere say, until the election. Say nothing Thanks, about guys. my documents, please. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the response this year. We have Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the yeah. newly, newly uh, elected governor of Arkansas, who's responding to Joe Biden. And we all, we all know and love her. And I'm just I'm thrilled that she's doing it. Yeah, totally. And there's a lot of good voices, including one on today's program. Uh, We have Chairman Jim Jordan on Mm. the program. Both the House Judiciary Chairman and the Chairman of that new weaponization of the federal government subcommittee that they created. Uh, We talked to him about all that and more here at the end of the program. You're going to love every minute of that. Uh, Let's start with the balloon. Yeah. Right? 
in a lot of ways, I wanted to start the program with that. Uh, what is that? A '99 uh, Luftballons. <laughs> yeah, classic. Great, great song, right? <laughs> and I feel like that was. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. But either way, you all have been following Red Zeppelin, and uh, this sucker floated in out of Canada into Montana. Essentially, is where it hit the first area of American soil, and. According to the Biden administration, they were, you know, briefed very quickly on this event. Uh, but it wasn't until actual news stations in Montana got pictures and video from people who looked up to the sky and saw a damn balloon that they actually made it public. Yeah, the, the Biden administration said that they weren't even going to say anything about it. Right. Because they were worried about some talks they were having with China in the days ahead. Right. And they were worried that might upset their talks. Well, they were sending Secretary Blinken to China, which they're now not doing. But um, the best part is the framework for all of this. In typical fashion, all of a sudden it's not that big of a deal that we've got a Chinese spy balloon right. cruising across the United States, which, by the way, it made its way pretty quickly. I, 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 I just want to like go back to what Ashbrook was saying earlier really quickly. Like, think about how weak this administration is, that we find out that they are spying in a balloon and we're worried about how that might impact the talks in China. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that, like, they should be the ones who should be worried. That's the thing. Why are we the ones worried? Why are we worried? You know? It's a great point. Like, like I, I let's mean, give them something to worry about right. for a what, change. Why don't you right? <laughs> shoot it down the second he's sitting in front of his, his adversary over there and say, I just shot down your balloon. Now what? <laughs> but it, it, and, and here's the thing is, you know, for, for the media and, and Democrats to be like, oh, this is absolutely no big deal. Just a balloon. You know, just stop being worried. This thing flew over a number of, of uh, nuclear silos in the United States. We know the Chinese have said they plan to double their nuclear silos uh, that they have currently available. So we know they have an acute interest on it. This thing flew over numerous military installations, flew over numerous military bases. They were very conscious about what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And for us to look so out of step and that the first concern of this administration was we want to placate the Chinese, we don't want to upset them, I think says Everything. I mean, he's going to have to address that tonight, no question, because if that, that mentality doesn't fly in the United States. This is not the way that we work. But listen to how Axios couched this whole episode as it lands on the uh, basic, you know, couple days before the State of the Union. China crashes Biden's State of the Union speech. Things just happen to Democrats. Oh. They just happen to Biden. Oh. No agency whatsoever. He's going to have to change a paragraph or two, fellas. He might even have to address this issue. <laughs> China will be an uninvited guest at President Biden's State of the Union address Tuesday night as he takes credit for a resilient economy, celebrates record low unemployment, and previews a broader domestic agenda designed to unify the country. I mean, <laughs> Holy it shit. sounds like the lead in a press release from the White House previewing the speech. <laughs> Biden and his speechwriters are prepared to be nimble and likely rewrite the China sections of the speech. As officials weigh Beijing's response, Beijing's response, <laughs> Beijing's, let me just underscore that. As officials weigh Beijing's response. The entire posture, dude. To the U.S. military's downing of a surveillance balloon after it drifted across North America. Why in the flying fuck are we at least bit nervous about our response to them putting a spy balloon over our country? 
Why would we? Why would even? That shouldn't even factor into anybody's thought process. Like, how was the initial instinct for them not to be? Wow, China should feel nervous. We know what they're doing. We shot that damn balloon down as soon as we heard about this. Now we should demand things from these talks. We should demand, okay, we know you guys are up to this kind of stuff. But it's the exact opposite. They just went with weakness. It's a, it's an outrageous idea that we're just like, oh, you know, the communists, they just have a, it's just a balloon. They probably have satellites looking at our things too. They have TikTok, you know, TikTok's on everybody's iPhone. It's not that big of a deal. We don't want to upset them. Let them have their balloon. It's like, get get the fuck out of here. I don't even yeah. know Dude, how they process this is America. It. I don't even know how they process that. Shoot the, it's not hard to shoot a balloon down. <laughs> As we saw. As we saw. As we saw. Like once, it was, once it had completed its mission, the Biden administration was like, all right, well, now I don't have to worry about Beijing's response. We can now get rid of the balloon. Which, by the way, it did. So they keep talking about, you saw Biden justifying that he'd been briefed early on and was he told them immediately to shoot it down, but military officials warned that it could impact, you know, potential civilians on the ground, despite the flat fact that it flew over, like, South Dakota. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Like, it, it, I'm trying to remember who said it was some legislator, I believe, from Montana, who was like, uh, you know, we would the people of Montana would be absolutely thrilled to have the debris of that thing fall. Yeah, like we've right. got plenty of space for it. Right. Feel free to shoot it down over Dude, Montana. There would be pictures of guys peeing on yeah. the balloon yeah. right? down in the middle of a street, and they would be like, "We beat China." I mean, just give people something to rally around. They don't. <laughs> they do not. This administration does not understand America, and I just. I mean, it's, it's why they're not going to win a second term. And, and there are wide open spaces in Montana. It's why everyone loves Montana is because there's a significant amount of land that don't have houses and, and, and buildings and things built up over them. There's a lot of space over Montana where you could have shot down the second you found out about it. Right. There's a lot of really great pilots and air, uh, uh, air Force bases in the area. The fact that this administration let the thing complete its mission and were concerned about Beijing's response I think, you know, they've, that's another example of where they need to be held to account. Totally. So here's a couple of the back and forths on this. this is according to AP, which, of course, it's a little bit of a jump. Uh, uh, what do we call pounce? Yeah. A little bit of a pounce. Republican lawmakers on Sunday accused China of deliberately surveilling sensitive U.S. military sites. Did they accuse him of that? Because I thought the fucking thing just flew over a military base. Right. <laughs> is that an accusation? No, it's like... Are we still operating that it was like a, a a weather balloon that just, you know, drifted off course? Whoopsie. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> about our model airplanes. They can really get out of control in the jet stream. Anyway, so they say, um, uh, obviously, the Biden administration had given uh, Beijing an intelligence opening by not downing the balloon in its high-altitude drift through American airspace. Obviously, that's not a Republican's accuse. That is an obvious fact, Right. China, meanwhile, accused the U.S. of indiscriminate use of force when the American military shot down the balloon. Oh, okay. So we're just supposed to let these suckers fly? You know what? I miss President Trump so much because I guarantee, I guarantee if this happened on his watch, right now he would have factories cranked up building American spy balloons and he would blanket China (laughs) in response. Just send the balloons. 
Some somebody posted a picture of the 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 picture the Trump balloon Trump baby balloon. Did oh, you guys yeah, see this? Yeah, yeah, and they that. said we should fly this over China. And and Don Jr. retweeted. He was like, "No, that's very funny." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, after all of this, America's top diplomat abruptly scrapped a trip to Beijing. And China's defense ministry said in a statement, after the balloon fell into the waters off the coast of Carolina, that it reserves the right to take necessary measures to deal with similar situations. All right, so again, maybe I'm super naive here, fellas, but um, when somebody flies a spy balloon over your country, it, don't isn't that the time you go over there? Isn't that the time you're like, hey, what the hell are you doing with your balloon? You would think so. We're like, no, no, we're not talking. <laughs> it's such a bitch move, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not talking to you because you just did the balloon thing. And <laughs> it's very offensive and and we realized we gave you seven days with it which we thought maybe you'd steer it back and it's like you dude it's like diplomacy by microaggression oh <laughs> but but can can i go back to something the the characterization of china's response in this ap story china meanwhile accused the u.s of indiscriminate use of force when the american military shot down the balloon they do not give Republicans that sort of both sides credibility. Oh, you're right. You know what I mean? If a Republican complains about something, they put it at the bottom of the story, and they're like, oh, Republican, we don't care. It's like they give this the, the level of credence they just do not deserve. Wait, it's, 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 that's it's, actively it's, pursuing genocide. What exactly was indiscriminate about it? It wasn't like we had a forty-four Magnum and we were shooting it in the air wildly. <laughs> like, we took out a specific thing. It's right. it, not indiscriminate at all. It, no. it seems like we had like a four-day debate about whether exactly. to do the Nothing thing. Nothing indiscriminate whatsoever. And, and, and but all, they just carry that in their own I language. Know. It's, it's unbelievable. Despicable. And the thing is, is that for so long, like I, I remember even when Jen Psaki uh, mocked Space Force, it like made my blood boil because they are so willfully ignorant to the capabilities of China. Where well, we now know China's got satellites in space specifically designed to take down other satellites such as GPS so that right. you know if they get into a conflict they can knock out their opponents abilities uh, significantly we now know they have that president trump built up space force specifically to make sure that the united states doesn't fall behind and we can defend ourselves and it gets widely mocked by democrats by jen saki who don't understand this we have this situation here again showing how this administration rules not they don't even have any kind of a, a direction or, or leadership they're just so weak on it, and there's there, there's no countermeasure. They act like our hands are tied because, you know, we're scared of where debris might fall somewhere over Montana. Well, that's the thing. Like, <clears throat> look, I don't know what the, the military, but they, the Biden administration made it sound like there was military guidance that said basically you got to wait. He demanded it. He, according to him, he demanded it shot down, and they, and they were like, no, you got to wait until it gets to a safe area, which <laughs> happens to be the other side of our country. But, but, if you're a president at that point, you're like, that's cute. Shoot the fucker down. Right? right? I right. mean, because right. it's about more than anything, it is the message it sends to China and the message it sends to your own people. Right. What are you willing to put up with? This is a goddamn balloon for Christ's exactly. sake. Exactly. This is what we're talking about. Literally the most primitive type of surveillance you could ever come up. Right. If their goal was to scare us and intimidate us with a balloon, I got to be honest, that didn't do the trick. Right? It's a balloon. So just make a mockery out of it. Right. Send it back to where it came from. And, right. and, and, and that's the thing is, what is going to be the Biden administration's reaction going forward when they're now, you know, saying, putting out these statements of being like, we've now heard about a number of Chinese balloons. Like, what action are they going to take now, given this information? I remember a very specific incident 
uh, during President Trump's administration, uh, where Saudi Arabia had some of uh, their oil fields attacked by like a swarm of drones that were mm-hmm. sent by uh, the Houthis, uh, rebels. And there, there's no real countermeasure because it's not like you can send jets out to, yeah, right. to to do you know guided missile attacks on them. So very quickly, these like anti drones were anti drone drones were 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 created and implemented here in the U.S. and are now around a number of sensitive U.S. military bases. So like if if, if someone tried firing a drone at them, that you know they'd be able to very quickly respond with with these drones that would knock them out. Why do we not have a system like that in place now? For, for these spy balloons, which we now know is a, a, a method that China is using very frequently. And if we don't have it currently, why don't we develop it rapidly? Because that anti-drone system was put in place, I want to say within 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like don't the, have a good the, answer. The, the Trump administration, again, you know, it was very Reagan-esque, peace through strength. Like, n- other countries in the world knew Donald Trump will do it. He will do it. At you know? pretty much every Republican administration, at least in my life lifetime, it, it, like there's no quite you don't fuck around with stuff like this. Right. Right. The one thing, the one, one guy we better uh, make sure is not in charge of all of this is Mayor Pete. Did, did we hear? <laughs> did we hear Mayor Pete's response to all of this on Sunday? The military gauged the different risks and the different uh, benefits of, of different approaches, made the decisions that they did, brought this thing down without incident. Right, but the presumption has got to be that the Chinese were able to gather intelligence uh, hovering over the United States for day after day, especially over some of these sensitive sites. I'm sure there's a similar presumption about what spy satellites do. Uh, that is well outside of my lane. I'm just glad that nobody was hurt as this thing came down. Well, yeah, that's certainly right. We got to make sure that everybody's not hurt by stuff by acts it's, of war. Right. <laughs> is, is, is he? Is, is he? He so, would have been pleased if it would have hit one of those racist bridges, though, right? Oh, yeah. How how can you be so sure nobody was hurt? Well, I mean, what what pictures did they get? What intel did they send back to their country that they're using against us? How in the world? Can this guy, the mayor of South Bend, <laughs> here we go? How, how can he be Tune so sure? He can't even be sure the planes are flying on time. Right? How can he be sure nobody was hurt just because it didn't fall in somebody's backyard? He doesn't know it. He doesn't know anything. He's he, like, doesn't, he knows. He knows bullshit. It, it, he knows bullshit. They should have asked him what his response would be, and he'd be like, "Look, you know, I think it's pretty clear here. You can just raise bread prices. It's worked before." In the past. <laughs> <laughs> I, Always I, my go-to. I mean, I gotta hand it to him though. Like, at least he knew to say this is well outside my lane, so that he didn't have to say anything stupid. Right? Because if this was Kamala Harris, yeah. she would have given us a stem winder. <laughs> yeah. You know, two paragraphs where she says nothing. <laughs> He, he's, right. he said it's well outside his lane, so he didn't have to give an answer to be on the hook, although he right. was on TV explaining in part of the administration response to the balloon crisis. But that's so like he was a part of the problem. Well, technically, right. a balloon is a method of transportation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this man knows that well. No question about it. So you recall, like, immediately afterwards, there were a bunch of con- concern expressed by not Republicans, but by the American people about this thing hovering in our skies forever and why it took so long to do something about it. And so immediately the Biden administration then was like, well, it's happened before. To no no evidence whatsoever. Then they interviewed basically every Trump national security uh, official during the entirety of his tenure. And they're all like, we have no idea what they're talking about. Like literally to a person, everybody's like, I don't know what they're talking about. So today out of Fox News, Chinese spy balloon crashed off Hawaii four months ago, U.S. officials say. A Chinese spy balloon crashed into the Pacific off the coast of Hawaii four months ago, U.S. officials say. So that, to me, is the only tangible 
item that they have produced about how this happens all the time, right? Because President Trump wasn't aware. Vice President Pence wasn't aware. Pompeo wasn't aware. All the national security advisors over the last four years weren't aware. Nobody was aware of any of this ever happening before. And they've provided no proof except for this one that crashed off of Hawaii, which is embarrassing that this has all come down to this. Again, I think this is another example. of You've got the same elements, Clapper and whoever, talking on background, trying to sound like they're an authority on matters when they clearly have zero idea about any information and at this point are basically just completely political agents. So, so here's what they say in the same pieces. Fox News has also learned that at least one Chinese spy balloon flew over portions of Texas and Florida during the Trump administration, despite the former president's insistence it never happened. Again, it wasn't just Trump, right? If it was just Trump saying that never happened, eh, I don't know, right? I mean, what, I don't know if I buy that or not. When it's everyone in the administration, like, listen, if Mike Pompeo said it didn't happen, it didn't happen. I just, that's, to me, that's a factual statement that is going to stand. Straight shooter. Right? Well, there's either someone in a place who would know. There's two things. Either this didn't actually happen during the Trump administration, or clearly someone at DOD or the Intel committees did not, like, alert the executive. If that's the case, that's an act of treason. I mean, I, I just don't understand how, like, a Mike Pompeo would be unaware of something like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, so either somebody just didn't do their job or it didn't happen, basically. (laughs) Did they think, did they, did, are there people in within like sort of the deep state, for lack of a better term, who actually think it wouldn't bother the American people to think that, that like China or Russia or a hostile country towards America is flying things over their country? There, there must be based on the, the posture of the Biden administration canceling this trip to China because. Oh, we might have upset them now. No, I'm not like, going. If that's if that's the whole mindset, yeah, then it wouldn't shock me at all. Like they just think we don't care about that. Right. They're like, no, that's fine. We used to be a country. We used to be a country. Oh. I know. God, it's just heartbreaking. Well, of course now it flips into all Republicans demand, and this is from the New York Post. Republicans demand uh, Biden blow up TikTok over privacy concerns after shooting down spy balloon. Well, I'll be honest, it has nothing to do with the spy balloon. It has everything to do with TikTok's been spying on our kids yeah. <laughs> for, by the millions mm. for the last, like, several years, right? I can't believe we... That is another piece which goes to the conversation we just had. Do people honestly believe that we as Americans are not concerned about the data gathering and information gathering and and propaganda served to this nation's youth? I think China, when they, there's a very interesting history, uh, and I encourage everyone to do research on it, on the creation of TikTok, because Mm. this was years and years of R&D that the Chinese government did into how to implement this, the the mission that they had, and their cold calculation that the, uh, you know, American youth would be more interested at an opportunity to have some fame than they'd be concerned about a complete lack of privacy and enabling China's spy state. And oh. I, if you think, if you see what's happened, that calculation seems to have been a good one. What a garbage! So, you know, you assessment. have so much of this country. I remember when President Trump made the move to uh, get rid of TikTok to cut it off from uh, the Chinese Communist Party. You saw a number of, of young Americans being like, "This is terrible. You can't allow this." With utter indifference towards what the Chinese Communist Party mm-hmm. uses these tools for. Uh, and it's heartbreaking because at this point, 
our national security is so compromised, China has, has burrowed so deeply into the fabric of this country, and it's accepted. It's 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 horrible, absolutely horrible. Yeah, it's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. But when you hear our next uh, segment, you can probably see why it is that they thought they might have some success here. Yeah. Uh, so the, the biggest TV stories in the country, some are good. One is horrific. <laughs> Uh, the Last of Us, which I know is a show that you would like to watch, Duncan. Yeah, yeah, oh, great, great, great game, good great show. game, good show. You like it too? Oh yeah, absolutely. I have some reservations, but I'll leave that, uh, set that aside for a moment. It's a great show. It's a real human drama. It's not really about the zombies; it's about human nature. And the yeah. sound is great. Crank up, crank up your speakers. Yeah. Gunshots, everything, shake the room. It's great. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to take your word for that. Yellowstone. Which I find fantastic. Yeah, love the show. And it's another example of how Paramount basically figured out with Top Gun this year that there's a whole bunch of people that just want like sort of escapism and heroes and, you know, just a, just a genuine non-woke sort of presentation of a story you can relate to or at least appreciate. And the spinoffs are, are, in my opinion, even better. 1883 is amazing. Awesome. 1883 is the best. Just the best. It is. And 1923 also. Excellent. So do you You watch that. I'm still working on getting awesome, to that. Dude. Totally awesome. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear it. What's the guy's name? Taylor uh, Sheridan? Yes. Uh, uh, he's the king of TV. The dude just puts bangers out. Yeah. And he, he's made good movies, too. I mean, like, he did um, Hell or High Water. Yep. Highly recommend. Great Hi- movie. Hell or High Water. Yeah. I've heard great things like about a, that. Yeah, like it's like a neo-Western, like yep. bank heist drama. And he wrote Sicario. And the Sicario. line that this is a land of wolves, that's that's his writing. That's so lit. Oh, oh man. Go. It's great stuff. So, do you want to hear the third one? Yep. Is the third biggest show. <laughs> Milf Manor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's so degenerate. So Milf Manor is on the Learning Channel. Yeah, folks. like oh. what has happened to TV? <laughs> the Learning Channel? Yeah. You got to be kidding me! This is according to the Guardian. Milf Manor is making viewers upset and caused the media to collectively clutch their pearls, but not, I think, for the reasons that they should be recoiling. If you've been spared hearing about TLC's latest contribution to reality television garbage, here's the recap: Eight quote unquote hot moms. All women in their 40s and 50s are sent to live in a seaside villa in Mexico where they're told they're going to be dating younger guys on the show Milf Manor, right? Of course, it's it's like a big sort of bachelor type thing where it's like they're going to hook up with all these young dudes. When all the guys uh, and all the studs in their 20s appear, it turns out that they're these same women's sons oh, in real life. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> so most reality uh, shows are heavily staged, so no one knows uh, if the participants had fair warning. In any case, Milf Manor, which premiered uh, January 15th, has been deemed a, quote, new low for reality TV, it just sounds, perhaps it even sound like a rock bottom. To put it mildly. <laughs> So basically what they're doing is they're telling all these women, like these single moms, mm-hmm. who you can imagine it's, it's you know, like the what is the real moms or, or real housewives or whatever yeah, that. Yeah. I imagine it's amalgam of that. Yeah. Right. It's basically those women. A lot of plastic surgery. And they're a on. Of, a lot of hair extensions. Right. So they're going to be on a new show and it's terrific. And they haul them all down here and it turns out like they're all uh, supposed to be dating each other's sons. Which is just the most... Like. Yeah, that's the big reveal in the first episode. My, I mean, my first thought on that is, 
either these are the dumbest people in the history of television or they had to know because you're telling me that you have a conversation with your son and you're like i'm gonna be on a reality show and your son's like whoa me too a totally different one well unless they have like a confidentiality agreement at the beginning where they're they tell at least the son that you're going to be on this show too, but you can't tell your mom or, or your contract is void. My, but my, you're my telling guess me is, you're, is when you have these kind of people, there's not much family contact. <laughs> I think that's a fair. <laughs> that is assessment. a fair assessment. That is a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever the case may be, apparently the whole show is about uh, these women hooking up so, with each other's sons. So oh, good God. Uh, my wife and I actually watched it. No. Yes. Um, How does this thing go down? Well, so I mean, this is the greatest thing. These people are in hell and they don't know it. <laughs> That's what I love about it. Okay, like I'm not. We're not going to keep watching the show, but I had to watch an episode, yeah, so I could see these degenerates and the filth that they've created. And you kind of want to see their face as they watch one of their nasty old moms trying to hook up. No, with this dude, is right. So this is the greatest part because they reveal themselves, right? So because like they're all horned up to go, you know, bang some young studs <laughs> guys, right? And then it's revealed that it's all their sons. And then you get further along in the episode and the women are sniping at each other. Oh, she's so disgusting. Oh, right. How she's going after my son or whatever. And it's like, look in the fucking mirror. (laughs) And so some of them sort of get that and Uh, some of them don't. There's just no self-reflection because that's what it is. You are actually just seeing how like how weird so is it good or bad i mean here's the thing like on one level it's it's like as described it's the filth of the filth in terms of reality tv yeah but if you look at the other side of the coin it reveals the filth it does at its absolute worst and so it's like a reflection back to the worst of society itself Uh uh-huh and that's kind of art It, it is kind of art it is kind of that is the art of it and you know what you'll get your fill in one episode and then you don't have to watch anymore you know i would i would love to make a show like this right and then uh it, wait what it, so wait, you just explain so, that a little more absolutely smug. so so it says here in the recap of like a eight quote hot moms all women in their 40s or 50s are sent to live in a seaside villa in mexico i do the same setup right but the twist is the seaside villa is like a, a Sinaloa cartel stash house. Right? <laughs> and how do you deal with the fact that to chase fame, you agree to be taken to an undisclosed location in Mexico? What was the thought process behind that? Do you regret your decisions and the decisions that brought you to this moment? And now you're being trafficked. What do you think about that? <laughs> like, well, no, they'd have them sorting eggs to bring them across the border. <laughs> As we found out last week. As we did find out last big egg, week. Big egg market. Which, you know, uh, hats off to my to my man, Sean, who uh, in the refrigerator right now are some breakfast sandwiches. He listened to our egg conversation. No yeah. kidding. And he has a company that actually makes sandwiches for, you know, convenience stores and whatever across this country. Yeah. And there's several convenience stores that basically were like, we're not paying nationwide egg prices anymore. We're just not going to do it. So I don't think we're going to have breakfast sandwiches. And he's got like a bunch of chefs and whatnot that work for them. So they spent a couple of weeks trying to figure out what a good breakfast sandwich would look like if it didn't have the egg. Hmm. Uh, and he sent me a picture, and it actually looked pretty good. He was like, you know what? I'll just send you a cooler full of them. You tell me. So we haven't tried them yet, but uh, Fresh Seasons Kitchen, if you ever heard of that. It looks like he cracked the code on the no egg thing. Huh. Huh? 
Wow. Also, like, uh, what, a, what a hero. If you send us gifts, we are happy. Like, he yeah. also cracked the code on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank you. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, you guys want to hear some polls? Absolutely. A new poll finds that Democrats really don't want Biden to run again. That doesn't huh. feel different than the last, right? No. <laughs> no. Uh, this is uh, Washington Post ABC, and it turns out, again, 58% of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents want another uh, different nominee uh, in their party. That's a big number for a sitting president. Huge. Who had, you know, what you would consider a relatively successful midterm election. And like last week, you have economic news that it would make Democrats buoyant about the future of the economy. They're wrong, but it would give them an argument at least. And you still have 58% of Democrats saying not, not, th- not this time. I think they're all worried about the possibility that Biden has to face someone not from his generation. Yeah. Because a general election matchup between old man Joe Biden and someone who's a Gen Xer like Ron DeSantis is a conversation about something much different than Republicans versus Democrats. It's a conversation about the future of this country and not two old guys battling it out over some past squabble. Well, it's a conversation, for starters. It is. Which is not anything he had in 2020. I think they're just more worried that he can't have a real campaign. I mean, they had to hand him the nomination in the primary, and then he campaigned from a basement during COVID. Yeah. I, I mean, I think at a very base level... Like, that's the number one concern is that he's not fit to run for president in a post-COVID world. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's, well, I mean, look, there's multiple polls. You said Associated Press had one as well that basically said the same thing. Just 37% of Democrats say that they want him to have a second term. Well, I mean, there can only be so many Politico pieces about how he's so vibrant and youthful (laughs) and, and, you know, and... But if you're a Democrat or Democrat-leaning independent and you flipped on the television and listened to this guy, he doesn't give off those vibes. So, something I encourage... It's like the Crypt Keeper. I, some, something I encourage a lot of people to do, and, and I was thinking about this the other day, and I actually pulled it up on YouTube, is, folks, you should pull up uh, the 2012 debate that Joe Biden has with Paul Ryan. Oh, right? interesting. And then you pull up the 2020 debate yeah, look at the that difference. Biden has with Trump. And, I mean, it's... It doesn't look like it's eight years apart. It looks like it's 30. I know. I know. You know, when I watch that old clip, I think about that Fox News commercial, Prevagen. It's made from jellyfish and it improves memory. It's like they gave him a shot of Prevagen right before the debate with Paul Ryan. But you're absolutely right. It's... it's, uh, it's an entirely different human being. It, it's like more than he's lost a step. I think especially a lot of folks who have experience. I mean, like I, I know how difficult it was when my family went through this is when you have family members who reach a very advanced age, you know, they can be people who had multiple PhDs. Mm-hmm. They can't drive a car anymore. You know, yeah. that's a difficult discussion to have. They don't have the same steps. Their purpose now is to enjoy your time with family, not command the United States of America. You know, that's that's kind of beyond the capability of a human at that advanced in age. We've seen signs of it over and over again from Biden. And when I say to compare 2012 to 2020 over an eight-year period, it's going to be four years since 2020. He's going to be in a far worse place, far worse place. And like you guys said, he had the benefit of being able to campaign from the basement. Mm -hmm. You think he's going to be able to go on the campaign trail? Fly to multiple cities? I think a lot of Democrats know this. Mm -hmm. I think they do, too. I think they do, too, which is why they've been talking about documents, right, Duncan? (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> uh, so finally, the last poll, and this is my favorite uh, in our polling roundup. This is, again, according to Axios. Uh, West Virginia Governor Jim Justice would pose the biggest Republican threat to Joe Manchin that he's faced in his 12-year Senate that's, career. That's word mm. choice. They're attacking him and Baby Dog, saying biggest Republican threat Manchin is. I feel, I feel <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's an attack on Baby Dog. <laughs> They're shaming. They're shaming Baby Dog. The point is, is Manchin's starting to feel the heat here, which is exactly what the doctor ordered. Uh, Justice, a former Democrat, is inching closer to his Senate campaign against Manchin, according to Republicans familiar with his thinking. The move would give Republicans a strong opportunity in a red state seat. Justice has a 64% approval rating in the state, a full 24% uh, higher than Manchin's. Uh, Wow. So Manchin, I guess, and and Justice are going to have to determine sometime in the near future whether they're running. You want to bet... That if Jim Justice gets in that race, Joe Manchin gets out. You think so? I think so. I don't think there's any chance on this planet or any other that Joe Manchin beats Jim Justice. Uh, There's other Republicans running the race. I I met with a guy named Alex Mooney, who's already an announced candidate. He's a a congressman now. I think Manchin could get beat by others, but I think he knows he's going to get beat if Justice is in that race. Don't you guys think? 100%. Yeah, if Justice decides to run, he's the next senator, whether Manchin's in the race or not. I mean, my experience in, in West Virginia from, from talking to folks there, and of course this is anecdotal, this is not like a professional poll, is he's kind of beloved. Like, I guess, you know, folks are happy with the way uh, he's done a number of things. I know, unlike uh, uh, Manchin, Justice supports domestic energy production. It's <laughs> yeah. absolutely stunning the way that when you're representing West Virginia, Joe Manchin is basically let AOC decide his policy when it comes to domestic energy production in the United mm-hmm. States. I think that should will probably be one of the biggest, you know, problems for Joe Manchin. And in general, I'm just completely sick of him being in a position of, oh, which way is he going to go? He'll always end up going the way Schumer tells him to. And then, you know, being like, oh, well, Manchin's a moderate. You know, conservatives should know he's not that bad a guy. He is that bad a guy. He's got to go. He's got to go. go. He's got to go. And it would give you another opportunity to go apologize to everybody at the Greenbrier Smug for our last <laughs> per- performance. There. If I can't remember it, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I, I just don't. I don't think Manchin's an automatic out. You know, like, I think this is a guy who's going to go out on his shield. I mean, this is a guy. Really, he, I he survived. He survived 2012. He survived 2018. Uh, I mean, he's a Democrat in West Virginia, and he hasn't chosen to switch parties. Right. I mean, that's. I, I think that's evidence to the contrary of him just giving up. No like, one likes to go out a the, loser. The easiest thing for him to do would have been to wake up and find religion and say, you know what, I'm a Republican now. Yeah. But he chose not to do that. Not only that, then he penned the Green New Deal. Right. <laughs> but he but he survived cap and trade. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a fraud. There's no question about it. But anyway, we're going to keep close eye on that because actual control of the Senate does rest in some level in, in West Virginia. Uh, f- fellas, we, we, we have a new game. Now, we've all been on bended knee concerned with the loss of claim to fame, which I think all of us believe is one of our best games. And mm-hmm. uh, no small part, the contribution of the song, the theme song of Claim to Fame, which is hard, you know, it's hard to lose something like it's that. It's the best one we had, because yeah. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, Unbelievable. it's outrageous. Uh, but we've come up with something else here. 
Yeah, we have. I've actually been workshopping this with T-Rec. Uh-huh. Uh, no our, kidding. Yeah, for our listeners who... What a collab. ...who are not familiar with T-Rec, he does the Saber Metrics for King of the Hill, our signature game. Um, and so this new game um, is called Mad Libs. <laughs> so good. Um, I think we should just get right to the theme song. Mad, 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 madly, mad, 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 madly, mad, 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 so very mad. Mad, 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 madly, mad, 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 madly, mad, mad, madly. That is quality. It's great. Just a banger. Hollywood Hen with the great vocals. It's sort of like a a two and a half man parody. Yeah. Just fantastic. Mad libs. Yeah. So the way that we're (laughs) the way we're going to play this game is it's basically like like the game Mad Libs. Um, I'm going to read four tweets and I'm going to blank out a phrase or word and then offer you a multiple choice of what that word is. Okay, all right. Let's 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 try this out. Um, and H- Holmes, Smug, and Ashbrook are all going to play. Oh, uh, very inclusive. <clears throat> we'll score it round by round, obviously, and the one with the most points wins. Okay. Uh, tweet number one is from Ed Krasenstein, uh, one of the Krasenstein brothers. <laughs> oh, They're back on Twitter. You're really starting hot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, here's the tweet. Republican members of Congress are literally ditching their American flag pins in exchange for an AR-15 pin. This seems like something very patriotic to do, dot, 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 if your leader was blank. Okay. So that's the take. Apparently, uh, there are some members who got some AR-15, like, lapel pins, and he yeah. was very offended. Oh, I noticed the libs took took a lot of offense to... Uh, having a firearm pin yeah Yeah. okay if your leader was blank okay are you gonna give us the multiple choice uh uh-huh okay a donald trump b wayne lapierre uh, you know the head of the nra okay c yosemite sam (laughs) d osama bin laden (laughs) (laughs) okay I know what I'm going with. Okay. I'm going to go with D. Osama, Osama Bin Laden. Okay. Same. 100%. Same. It is Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what an incredible tweet. Osama Bin Laden. He's like, he's like thinking for a second, man, should I regulate this a little? No. no. Osama Bin Laden. Full throttle, sir. <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, you know, for an AK, that might be more apt. Yeah. Right? But now, ever since, you know, the Biden withdrawal, they've got a ton of, of <laughs> AR weapon systems over there. They do. Oh. Okay. Tweet number two. Uh, this is from Rebecca Jones. You may. Oh, yeah. The, the former geographer slash uh, left-wing hero for standing up to Ron DeSantis or whatever she did or didn't do since the only constitution america has was written exclusively by white men in the 18th century i think we should hold a new constitutional convention in which only blank 
are allowed to attend and fix what the other ones broke, a modern American constitution. I feel like this is this is sort of like the Colin Jost bit on Saturday Night Live when they have, like, it has to say incredibly racist. I know. It's like, like I can't believe this feels like a setup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A, women and people of color. Okay. B, states that voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> C, descendants of slaves. D, people who put black squares on Instagram. (laughs) I may have just put that last one in for fun. I wish it was D. (laughs) I wish it was D. Um, I I think think just to keep it, I think I'm going to say women and people of color. Okay. I'm guessing C. Descendants of slaves. Yeah. I'm going to go B. States that voted for Biden. The answer is A, women and people of color. Wow. Yes. Yes, I like this game already. And the key there, Smug, and you can't you can't ever forget this about a liberal white woman. <laughs> they always have to steal valor from black people. Yeah. Like, the, she can't just put descendants of slaves. She has to put women and people of color. Right. Because she has to put herself on the same part of the podium of of suffering yeah no no no. she's she she needs to she herself. also gets to that's pretty funny vote. that's good analysis right you got to remember these are the the same liberal white women who marched to the front of the line of black lives matter and they're like we're oppressed too 100 percent. and also did the the instagram black square the black squares yeah. they were the leaders yeah. of the black square that, that's that's their signal to other members of the terror cell that it's time to <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure she'd be happy to lead the con- constitutional uh, convention yeah. if, if asked she'll serve <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Tweet number three. This is from Dash Dobrovsky. Oh my god! I, the the wor- one of the worst. This guy, he sort of he sort of new on the scene. He's he's like doing a whole nother level of left wing like brain worms. Okay. And this is why why it's so good we're doing this game because in King of the Hill we capture former Republicans. You only former Republicans. Right. And so it's a certain genre of of those sorts of tweets. I'm opening you guys up to like a whole nother level. I know this one's blowing my mind because I've never heard this name before. Oh is, gosh. is this you're a, fortunate. Is this a real guy or is this just a bit? So I think he's I think he's semi insane, but he realized that there's a lot of insane libs online who like his content, so he keeps going with it. Like it's basically designed for people who have a, a attention span of, of three and a half seconds, and and like you know the TikTok thing of where someone has to shout at the screen at you, and and his, you can see it's like all the whites around his pupils, which is like I think that's one of the signs of insanity right. at all times. And, and he shouts. No, like, he looks like he says, a, "Oh boy!" or "Big news!" Like at the start of every. Oh boy! Exactly. That's and, what he does. And he it, looks like he's coming up to you at three in the morning at a nightclub, and he's high on Molly. Like his eyes are bulging at you. Like if you see this person, you will hundred percent reach for any gun you have handy. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a threat. Parody, parody, laughing, laughing, laughing. But it's a, a threat to your own securities. I yeah, think what yeah. he was he's, saying. He's yes. Incredibly threatening personality. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So here's here's his offer. Blank is still a sitting member of the Supreme Court. Therefore, the Supreme Court is still an illegitimate branch of the United States government. Hmm. Oh, I got it. I think I know which one. Yeah, I feel like I know that one. Although I feel like maybe a a jury twist is in in the works. Yeah. Could be all switcheroo. A, Alito. B, 
Thomas. God, that's right. They're attacking C, all of them. Kavanaugh. D. ACB. Okay. Um, oh, gosh. You know, I, I, I thought immediately when you read it, I was thinking Kavanaugh, right? Mm-hmm. But, but then I think about how offensive and more offensive it would be if it was Thomas. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go with B, Thomas. Okay. So here's the thing is, you know, especially given over the past year, it's been about a year now that against the law, the houses of Supreme Court justices have basically been besieged by these left-wing nutjobs every every night. Even after mm-hmm. someone, a, a left-wing uh, lunatic, tried to assassinate Kavanaugh, it continues to this day, which is insane. And that's the thing is, my initial inclination was like, oh, this has to be like a Kavanaugh thing. But but there's the thing is that there's so many reasons that the left hates law and order in their bones. Yeah. That they now hate every conservative justice who's right. like my god my my north star is the constitution's like no. <laughs> Radical. Yeah. <laughs> so so they hate Alito uh because of Roe v. Wade. They hate ACB because they're like no, you know, we should have successful yeah. ca- Catholic woman can't let well, her and also on the took Supreme over Court. Ginsburg. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go with Alito. Okay. Okay, all right. The left has developed a cottage industry calling for the impeachment of Justice Clarence Thomas. They've hated him since the day he took the oath. And for that reason, and also for the reasons that Josh stated, I'm going to say Clarence Thomas B. It is, in fact, Clarence Thomas. Uh, yeah, the left, I mean, Clarence, Clarence Thomas is the only black man they want fired more than Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I, I, I encourage everyone to see that documentary about Clarence Thomas. Oh, totally. Thomas because yeah, very I think why they hate him is his life story. The guy, when he was a child and had to move uh, in with his grandparents, he was given one brown paper bag to carry all his possessions. Wow. And today that man is a Supreme Court justice. Totally. Among the most respected of all time. Absolute brilliant mind. That's the American story, but... If people can succeed without the government having total control, that just gets rid of the left hole. Also, there's just something super... The reason I went with that is I think there's something super hilarious as an avowed liberal saying an institution is totally what it what it was he what illegitimate he Ill, it's illegitimate as long as we get rid of the black guy. yeah right <laughs> unreal unbelievable <laughs> it's unbelievable I mean, what, a, what an absolute dumpster fire they're like the constitution is inherently racist and must be rewritten also let's kick the black guy off the supreme <laughs> yeah. court <laughs> amazing okay all right four uh, okay, so just to catch up on the scoring here, you're three for three, Holmes. I know I'm feeling really? good about this yeah. game. Yeah, Smug is wow. is one for three. He technically can't can't win. Can't win. Ashbrook is is two for three and has a chance to tie. But you know, strategy wise, you're going to have to probably pick something different than Holmes. <clears throat> okay, so I threw this one in here. It's not political. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, guys, I was in the sewer of left-wing Twitter yeah, for this game. God bless you. So, you know, I had to go to Sherry, my Sherry, Sherry Jacobus. Oh, yeah, okay. And you played a similar tweet, Smug, uh, in a Game of King of the Hill, and so this is like a, a nice callback. Okay. Prepare yourself for this. <laughs> I have shelters with straw in them for the feral cats. <laughs> 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 but, but they prefer... The blank. 
<laughs> I guess the underground sanctuaries are warm, dry, quiet, and safe. When they emerge for daily feedings and I pet them, they are very warm. Ugh. Oh my uh, God. Uh, a political commentator of our time. <laughs> the voice of a generation. All right. One of these days we got to listen to that podcast. I know. It's got to be the craziest shit ever committed. It's got to be amazing. Um, so what do the feral cats prefer? <laughs> Is it A, uh, the boiler room, B, the basement, C, under the deck, D, groundhog holes? Shit. Now this one's going in a lot of different directions. So so she has shelters with straw in them for the feral cats, which would indicate that she keeps the feral cats outside, meaning the basement of the boiler room, in my view, my deduction, would be, in fact, inside, mm-hmm. and that would be a departure. So it would be sort of up to the deck... Or groundhog holes. <laughs> um, I feel like feral cats would be in jeopardy in a groundhog hole because, uh, you know, like groundhogs, why would they want somebody in their hole, right? So I guess I'm going to go with C, deck. Okay. Okay. Shelters with straw for the feral cats, but they prefer this. What is it, smug? So, so for, for, for the same reason and thinking, I'm going to go with C, deck. But along these lines, I'm trying to understand the cats here. <laughs> why, would you, why would you spend time with a clearly insane person? I think They're feral. I, well, I think the cats know the count, what's going on here. So they're like, this is an insane woman living alone. We're waiting for the king of all fancy feasts, like cat meals. Oh. She's going to croak. No one's going to find her for a month. Aww. We're going to hop in through the windows. And it'll be like Thanksgiving for every feral cat for 20 miles. They could turn the thing into like a... I mean, it's like the whole New York, like, greatest oh. fear of people who have a cat. They're like, if I die, you know, no one's going to come looking for me for a while, and this cat's going to have the best day of its life. It's like MILF Manor for feral cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And what these guys have just said is the reason why I choose basement. Okay. Because I think that she is bringing these animals If you're cold, inside. they're cold. She's bringing them. She's bringing them inside. Okay. The answer is D. Groundhog holes. <laughs> what? <laughs> groundhog? Are you kidding? <laughs> yes. Yes. I audibly laughed to myself when I read this the first time. <laughs> but they prefer groundhog holes. What if? What if she has like? Lady, you're scaring them. <laughs> <laughs> what if they'll she, take their chance with the groundhog what if she's just like insane and old and has cataracts and thinks groundhogs are cats and she's like trying to feed them and care for them and like go away they might We're just be groundhog. a groundhog yeah, they're just ground- she sees groundhogs and is like she's got Punxsutawney, <laughs> got Punxsutawney Phil living, living right outside and she doesn't even know it that's a really good take Smug oh. well it's just a wonderful new game I hope you guys enjoyed playing it absolutely. what a wonderful game absolutely. and shout out T-Rex Mad, 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 madly, mad, 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 madly, mad, 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 so very mad. Mad, 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 madly, mad, 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 madly, mad, 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 
I'm going to get used to that. We're going to have to play this a lot. It's great. I love it. All right, I'm going to skip down a little bit here and just get right to the news that you all uh, have wanted. We've done many segments on the monkeys. Yeah. And on zoo issues. Mm-hmm. And Ashbrook has made it very clear it's an imminent threat to society and we ought to act accordingly. All right. Well, there's been an arrest in the monkey thefts, uh, which departs a little bit from our stated theories on where the monkeys are coming from. But a man was arrested, but motive unknown in Dallas Zoo monkey theft. He didn't happen to be Anthony Fauci's grandson. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Yeah, well, he this is according to the AP, the arrest of a 24 year old man accused of taking two monkeys from the Dallas Zoo has shed some light in a mysterious string of events. There is police say on Friday they've also linked him to the escape of a small leopard and a gash in the fence of another monkey habitat. Uh, What's still unclear is what police believe led him to do it. Uh, The individual's name is Davian Irvin, who was arrested on last Thursday. He's been charged with six counts of animal cruelty, two counts of burglary, uh, and his uh, arrest followed a sighting of him at another home for exotic animals, the Dallas World Aquarium, where an employee recognized him from the news coverage of the missing monkeys. So they thought he was coming for the fish. Wow. Um, yeah, it turns <clears throat> out it doesn't work as well when you just release fish onto the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, I may have to sign up to Break be- in your tank, boys. You're free. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Irvin. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I may have to sign up to be his defense, defense lawyer. Okay, well, let's hear be- your take. Six counts of an- animal cruelty. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, what? Look, it, 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 they're in what a measure? zoo. By what measure? He freed. I don't think they think it's cruel he let them out. No, they were paying him. <laughs> this guy is working for them. Anybody who doesn't see through this is missing everything that animals are doing these days. That's He's thing. a coyote. A hog killed a butcher. A dog killed its owner. Monkeys are killing children in Japan. And now this. And, and also, it said in the previous article that, like, when police rolled up to the house, the monkeys were hiding from the police. Okay. They knew. Hmm. They, knew. They, they weren't like, hey, help. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't like right. on the lookout of take us back to the concrete box we live in. They're like, <laughs> the damn cops are here, jigs up, everyone hide. They're like, push Devon Irvin out in front, make him take the rap, yeah. and then we run into the hills. That's that. that I, I feel like that would be the game here. Devon um, got set up. Th- this whole he was. By the monkeys. Well, he th- was. Th- th- there's more details here that are, that are super fascinating. It says... Uh, the disappearance, though, was just the latest string of odd events at the zoo. On January 13th, arriving workers found that a clouded leopard named Nova was missing from her cage, and police said a cutting tool had been intentionally used to make an opening in her enclosure. This is just like the monkeys hiding their tracks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they're like, we got a business we're doing. God knows what it is. They want to, like, have everyone looking out for a leopard. It's a great diversion. Right, it is. Great yeah. diversion. I mean... Th- there's right. something to this theory of the case, because if you look at this next story, this is from CNN, more monkey theft. Twelve squirrel monkeys have been, sto- quote unquote, the hell is hey, a squirrel monkey? I'm stolen this. from a zoo in Louisiana. Twelve. This is according to CNN. Twelve squirrel monkeys have been stolen from the zoo in Louisiana after their facility was broken into over the weekend. The theft happened shortly uh, before midnight Saturday, and authorities are investigating Zuziana said on a Facebook. They, that's they, cool. They've named their their zoo Zuziana. Yeah, that's cool. Clever. That's pretty cool. It's clever. I yeah. like this zoo. 
You do? I like that name. And that was a little trying. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes puns are fun. Okay. Well, you know who the else? The gift shops you know? like the Zuziana Purchase. Come get your goods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know who else likes the zoo? The Alpha Monkeys. Because they saw this mark a mile away. They were like, oh, you got a cute name for the zoo? Fine. I'm letting all the monkeys out. Squirrel monkeys, we're starting with you. Tonight. Has anybody ever seen the movie Madagascar? Does anybody know how this works? The animals are taking over our society. If we don't start now... To stop them, we're going to regret it. Uh, he's like Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes. And, and he was right, dude. It, it, they were right. They should kill the monkeys first. He was right. Well, other animals are accounted for and appear to have been undisturbed, Zuziana said. Zoo yeah. officials are working with state and local federal agencies uh, and asked anyone with information to come forward. They don't have the information is what you're saying, John, because, frankly, it's the monkeys who have it. It's a hundred percent accurate. They're they're planning their next escape. You know they they're planning that they're planning to spring somebody in Atlanta. You can, you got to watch every single zoo. If you have a webcam inside of your zoo, if if kids, adults, anybody, classes, anybody can start watching these webcams, we're gonna find out exactly what's going on. So like <laughs> yeah, you know it, it you kind know it throw a monkey wrench into their plans. It's <laughs> the it, 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 monkey right. business. It's exactly every zoo has a webcam on the seal enclosure, on the you know the pandas, so that you can watch. I suggest that people tune into these things and keep a close eye on what's happening. <laughs> a camera, a webcam, a web Camriana. Do we talk about, is it Louisiana, Zuziana? Yeah. <laughs> Does everything in this place have to be named after the state? Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Well, look, we're going to keep an eye on this because I think so far your theory is, has held water. Just wait. Next, we're, it won't be next week or the week after before we have another jailbreak at one of these zoos. Okay. All right. As, as Ashbrook always says, heads up. Heads up. Heads up. <laughs> Just keep your head in the swivel. Heads up. It's coming. Um, so this story is fascinating and depressing and everything else, but it's weird enough to get our, our attention. This is according to USA Today. They thought their daughter was dead. Instead, she's in jail, accused of killing her doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> so insane. German parents thought the worst case scenario was happening when they searched for their missing daughter and found her dead with stab wounds in a car. Except the person that they found dead wasn't their daughter police said but someone who looked like her now their daughter is suspected of killing the woman in an attempt to fake her own death <laughs> the strange case began in august when the couple went from munich uh to the city of ingolstadt yeah is that right yeah to find their daughter a german iraqi woman identified by german media outlets as billy sharabin k yeah okay. thank you for that i appreciate it, it was name unpronounceable to me uh, on the night of August 16th, the parents found the body, and they believed it was their daughter in the car. Uh, uh, women are terrible to each other. <laughs> Just <laughs> terrible to each other. That's an takeaway. That is so I wasn't hot. ready for that take. That was great such take. A- I want to hear this She one. looks like me, therefore she's got to go. What an awful, <laughs> awful way That's to do wild. things. wild. Well, there is that kind of element with women. It's like Highlander, right? How did like, this do like, There can only be one? 100%. Like, like, you know, they do not like, you know, a pecking order has to be established. I did not see this Any going competition, this it just, it's wild, dude. It I, goes straight to, they, and they only have one speed. It's on 11. All, all I'm saying it's is. It's not like have a talk with this person, <clears throat> tell them to leave. They're ending up stabbed up in a car. I, <laughs> I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. You're I'm, at a party wearing my shoes? 
You're going to the car, lady. I wouldn't say I would speak for, for all men, but I would say if this was me and we found, like, I found a doppelganger, we'd get into some pretty cool hijinks. Yeah, that's... We that's, wouldn't be killing each other. No, you'd want to do fun stuff with it. Dudes rock, yeah. I mean, yeah. we would... There'd be all sorts of things we'd be getting into. I mean, the criminal shenanigans, because you'd have an alibi. Yeah. Like, actually, I was standing in front of the camera... In front of this bank. Uh, look at that. Look How at, could I have committed these monkey thefts? Right. Monkey <laughs> theft. <Exactly. laughs> well, don't give them ideas. The monkeys <laughs> might be going after something like this. Um, so the day after the police released their initial statement, police said that the emergency doctor could only determine the death of the woman and forensic comparisons raise massive doubts about the identity of the women, woman killed. Yeah, I mean, this is not her, right? Uh, when investigating the woman's identity, several witnesses sent tips to police about the death on the night of August 17th. Authorities arrested 23-year-old German-Iraqi woman who was initially named as having been killed on suspicion of homicide. Uh, the suspects came up with a plan uh, to search online for a woman who looked similar to the Iraqi woman uh, and kill her and place her in such a way uh, so that the corpse would be mistaken for the suspect. She, she actually is premeditated here. It's yeah. not like she and, and, stumbled upon the woman. She and, was and, searching. It's not like a Sick. crime where it's like this person did something to me. It's like, you're going to kill a person because they look like you and it's part of your plan to fake your death? That is insanely wild. Well, she lured her in from social media and persuaded her to meet with false promises, oh my police God. said. The two suspects drove to the victim's home on August 16th and picked her up. Authorities said the victim then lured her out of the vehicle and killed her in a wooded oh. area. Uh, the suspects well, placed the uh, body in the car and they drove it all over That's the sadistic. Yikes, huh? I hope they throw the book at her. I hope they do too. But, but you know, interesting theory about the, <laughs> if this happened to a dude, uh, you would just have fun with them. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm a little hungover. Can you go into work for me today? <laughs> she legit went full Highlander. <laughs> I can't believe it. There can only be one. Unbelievable. Yeah. What a take. What a take. Okay, well, with that, <laughs> the esteemed chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan. I want to welcome to the program somebody you undoubtedly know. He's a good friend of the program. We've had him here before. He's the House Judiciary Chairman, Jim Jordan. Welcome aboard. Good to be with you guys. Listen, uh, here's where I want to start, because in the wisdom of House Republicans and the campaign and ultimately putting into fruition, you put in a new subcommittee, a select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government, which is a brilliant idea, given what we've seen out of Democrats, not just the Biden administration, but going back the Obama administration and before and how they weaponize the federal government against everyday Americans. And they put you in charge of the thing. Well, we did, and we're looking forward to this because uh, we actually do think the title is appropriate. We think the government, the agencies, are actually going after and targeting the very people they're supposed to serve. And as you point out, there's a long history of this. You can go back to the IRS targeting, where they went after conservative groups, gave them heightened scrutiny was their fancy term that they used, but they were targeting conservative groups seeking uh, tax-exempt status. And then, of course, it was what they did with the dossier when they went after the Trump campaign, spied on a presidential campaign. And then, of course, more recently, we've now had dozens of whistleblowers, FBI agents come talk to us about what's happening in the FBI and how we believe the Justice Department is operating in a political fashion and not treating people equally under the law. And that that is not supposed to be how it works here. 
And you couple all that with what we what, what Elon Musk has now unveiled via the Twitter files, and you see the, the, the blatant attack on the First Amendment. Uh, this kind of stuff is not supposed to happen in the greatest country ever. It's not supposed to happen under our constitutional system, under our First Amendment, but it is. And I think Jonathan Turley has got a great piece out there where he talks about you can't, government can't work via surrogate and, and limit people's First Amendment liberties. But that's exactly what they were doing, as is evidenced by what the, uh, what the Twitter files have, uh, have shown us. No question. And now for the first time, we have some real tools here to fight back. And uh, last Friday, I believe, you issued your first round of subpoenas. Yeah. This goes to the very first whistleblower who came to us over a year ago when we learned about the FBI and the Justice Department, uh, Department targeting moms and dads. So yeah. we understand that they, there was a letter sent by the School Board Association. The Attorney General of the United States sets up this, uh, that does this memorandum five days later, by the way. Five days later, sets up this um, this this dedicated line of threat communication, a snitch line, is what I did. You, so people could call in and report their neighbor for saying something they didn't like at a school board meeting. He sets up this snitch line, and then 16 days after that, the FBI sends out an email to agents all over the country saying, "Put this designation, this threat tag, a term of art, put this on parents' name." And, and we know because of the whistleblowers that over two dozen parents have were paid a visit by. Uh, the FBI. They no, talk about chilling, chilling speech. So um, this is this is what the first round of subpoenas were about: is getting documents and information regarding that. Because we actually think, guys, that this didn't really start just with the letter from the National School Board Association to the Biden administration. We think it started before that. We think the letter was just the predicate to do what this administration wanted to do, namely go after parents. Because I think at the time, they actually thought this was going to help Terry McAuliffe become governor of Virginia. In <laughs> fact, it backfired. It worked the other way. Because when Terry McAuliffe said, um, we don't think parents should be telling schools what to teach, a bunch of moms and dads said, wait a minute. We think we think a little different. Uh, after all, we kind of know our kids' name and the bureaucrats don't. We think we should be able to wait on this. So it backfired a little bit. That will be the first one. And our goal here throughout all this process is we actually want to look for ways we can via legislation change change this dynamic where the government we believe has been turned against the american people yeah well this is listen terry mcauliffe created more angry parents than they had time to catalog i'm sure (laughs) but i'm really fascinated in your work on this because you know look as a parent and i think a lot of our listeners this was a real threat and for the first time People got a real look under the hood at what education experience their kids were having during COVID. A lot of questions came up and people were really angry about it. But then all of a sudden to find out that you've got, you know, all kinds of work with teachers unions and CDC. And then all of a sudden now you get a Justice Department letter a couple of years later targeting parents. I mean, this could you could find quite a bit here. Yeah. And and also understand the timeline. The 29th of September, 2021, the School Boards Association sends a letter to the Biden administration saying, use the Patriot Act against moms and dads who show up at school board meetings advocating for their for their kid. Five days later, the Attorney General of the United States sends out a memorandum to all 101 U.S. attorneys offices saying, set up this dedicated line of threat communication. It's a lingo in his, in his letter. So set up this apparatus supporting <laughs> this. And then 16 days later, the FBI sends out their email. So think about it. September 29th, October 4th, October 20th. All that happens in 22 days. Ask yourself a simple question. When have you ever seen the federal government move that back? (laughs) It never happens, right? This is the federal government. But when it came to 
to going after their political opposition because they saw politics at play here. They they saw a chance that they, and their crazy reasoning that this would help Terry McAuliffe. The speed, the intensity, the urgency with which they put this plan into practice is frightening, which tells you they wanted to do it. They just asked the school board association to send the predicate. That's our that's our working thesis. And we think the documents, <coughs> excuse me, that we're um, we're asking for will show that. Yeah. Yeah. No question about it. Listen, I, I think that's the tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, I'm sure you're going to find a lot more as it pertains to yeah. the Justice Department and Department of Education and all of that. But you look, you got a long list of other things. And with an administration that is basically run for two years without any, and I mean any, oversight or the Democratic Congress, switching hands, I got to imagine you got a lot of opportunity out there that you're excited to uh, to help unveil for the American people. Yeah. Well, actually... It's worse than the Democrats didn't do any oversight. The Democrats actually support this, yeah. which is the scariest thing, because it used to be both parties, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservative, it didn't matter. We all supported the First Amendment. We all were for robust debate. You get your you get your best hold. You make your best argument. Let's have the debate. Who wins the vote? God bless America. We move on to the next issue. That's supposed to be how it works under our Constitution, under our Bill of Rights. But now you have the left saying, no, 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 we actually support uh, support this this limitation on speech. And that is that is scary. And the template they all use is many times they will they will tell the lie that sets the predicate. Then big media will report it. Big tech will amplify it. And then if you try to tell the truth, they just call you racist, fascist, good for nothing. Biden gives a speech in front of uh, in front of Independence Hall, call us all names. I mean, that's not how America is supposed to work. And. It, it, to me, this is the scariest thing. Well, all the stupid things this administration's doing, stupid things on, on their crazy crime policy, their crazy border policy, their crazy energy policy, all the crazy things they're doing that are driving up the cost and making things tough. Those are all bad. Mm-hmm. But we're talking now about the fundamentals. We're talking about the Constitution and the First Amendment. And that's why I think our work is that important to fully expose it and then point to the kind of legislation we need to do to hopefully fix it. Yeah, and you put your finger on something that, that I've been worried about, and and actually I think that now with the the Elon Musk Twitter files have have just sort of laid bare for a lot of us who've been interested watchers here is that this administration has an enforcement mechanism to to make people sort of say what they need, what they want them to say, right? And in their relationship with big tech, but I think it's even more pervasive than just tech going along with it. It seems to me that on one hand, you've got a from the president's podium, people sort of holding the the antitrust or whatever it is over the over the heads of of tech companies and then saying, but you really got to do this. And it's it's basically in my mind, like you got a real nice house to be ashamed if something happened to it. Yeah, no, exactly. Remember when Jin Saki again, this was this was probably about a year ago when when Jin Saki's in the White House press room and she said these two cents now now. I mean, stop and think about it. First of all, the White House is considered the, the the center of freedom on the planet. This is this is this is the beacon of freedom, right? So, in the White House, you have the press spokesperson for the President of the United States in the West Wing press room. She says these two sentences: Most Americans now get their news from social media platforms. We, the Biden administration, are working with the social media platform to limit the information Americans see. <laughs> I actually heard this, and I'm like, what? Wait, what? Like you're the press person in the press room saying limit the First Amendment rights of freedom of the press. I mean, this is crazy. That's today's left. And you're right. The pressure, the intimidation they can put on the tech companies 
And frankly, maybe not even so much intimidation because understand what we learned from uh, the Twitter files because of, of Elon Musk, 99.3% of all the contributions from big tech went to Democrats. They know they got a receptive audience. Mm -hmm. So when they put pressure on them, the tech kind of, well, yeah, we shouldn't really do this. We, we kind of like the First Amendment. We don't want to tell them, uh, tell them this, what we have to do on our platform. But you know what? We don't like Trump. Uh, so let's go along with uh, with with whatever they they're asking us to do with taking down these accounts or or suppressing the visibility of certain tweets. That's the attitude there, and it's and it's just flat out wrong. And again, we have to expose it, get the truth on the table, and then, as I said, move to the legislation that can fix it. Well, there's no matter better man for the job. If anybody's uh, have a proven track record to get into the bottom of things, it's it's Jim Jordan. We're immensely appreciative of your efforts in that regard. And now that we're uh, sort of on the eve of the State of the Union, I mean, I know it's got to be a pain in the neck to to show up and have to sit and listen to all of that. But any uh, thoughts on what you might hear? No, I mean, I'm sure he'll come and, and deliver a, 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 probably a decent speech and talk about. Um, you know, why all the things that are bad aren't really bad. Um, they'll probably point to this, this recent economic uh, numbers, which, you know, those are good news. I mean, I'm, I always cheer for the American economy. I always say, you know, you can't lead militarily, <coughs> excuse me, diplomatically if you first don't lead economically. So we want economic, we want good news. But I would argue that the, the, the relative good news we're hearing from the Biden administration right now on, on the economy is in spite of their stupid policies, because they got bad energy policy, bad monetary policy, bad fiscal policy, spending like crazy, uh, record high inflation, and then all the other things that are going on. But I assume there'll be a somewhat positive spin. And I always attend. Um, you know, it's it, to me, this is in our great country. This is as close to pageantry as we get. We, you know, obviously yeah. we don't have a monarchy. We don't have that. We have the State of the Union by the highest official in our government, the President of the United States. And it's, and it's uh, I think, an important day for the country. And I'll be there. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Speaker McCarthy will be conducting himself with a lot more class than, than Speaker Pelosi did when she tore up President Trump's uh, uh, speech. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he's going to be tearing anything up, right? That's not okay. that's not the way the speaker works. It certainly is the way that their speaker worked. But, you know, I got to tell you, it, it lost a little of the pageantry for me when you had all the Democrats during the Obama years scrambling to get autographs from the dude. <laughs> I mean, that was just unbelievable. And all the people who like have to be on the center aisle and do the, uh, just like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to show up and, and, and be a part of this. But uh, yeah, some of that stuff that drives me a little crazy, too. I imagine it does. So, look, you guys have your work cut out for you, a, a slim majority and a Democratic Senate with a Democratic president. So, you know, the 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 idea of massive conservative reforms is, is certainly blunted uh, by the fact that you've got a divided government here. But you all are working away and finding a way to, to keep that whole conference together in a range of issues. I'm curious as to, to what you think the year holds for you. Well, I said this when I actually nominated Speaker McCarthy um, back during that first week of January. I think we got, you know, sort of uh, three focuses. One, pass the bills to fix the problems. We've talked about the problems. Pass the legislation. Send it to the Senate. If they don't want to do their job, and if, if they do their job and Joe Biden won't sign it, so be it. They'll have to answer to the American people right. in November of 2024. Second, uh, do, the, do the appropriations process in a way that begins to deal with this record spending, record inflation, record debt that we now have. And, and that includes getting some good structural reform on this debt ceiling. You know, I think we're winning this debate right now because remember, it was um, 
seven weeks ago, they passed that 1.7 trillion monstrosity of a bill that did all kinds of stupid things like plankton studies and all these other goofy stuff in that bill. Um, and then they said literally three weeks ago, Korean uh, John Pierce said at the White House, we will not negotiate with House Republic. Well, they, changed, they changed that last Wednesday when Kevin McCarthy went to the White House to negotiate with Joe Biden on what's going to be in the debt ceiling. So they already understand that, that their position spend like crazy on a bill we didn't support. But now we're just supposed to give you more money so you can you can borrow more money and keep spending. Like, no, that's not how the game works. Um, yeah. So we got to be tough in that area. And then finally, the third area is the oversight that we've been talking about, because it is our constitutional duty to make sure that the federal government is actually treating the American citizens with the respect they deserve, not targeting them. And uh, we're going to do that. So those are the three fundamental things we got to do. That's what we told the American people we were going to do when they elected us. And I always say, we don't, we shouldn't make this job too, too complicated. It's pretty basic. What'd you say you were going to do if you get elected, go do what you said. Yeah, no, I think that's right. If we could get a president that doesn't allow a, a weather balloon to float across the entire country, that'd be pretty nice in the process, wouldn't it? Yeah. It was just a weather balloon and the virus didn't come from the lab. And, you know, oh, come on, we, we, you can you can trust. I mean, th this was goofy. I mean, you know, you know, Trump would have shot that thing down as as soon as it soon as it got in our you just know it would have been a different different play, different dynamic the whole way. Yeah. Um, yeah. To the extent that they even would have tried. But I guarantee you that it hit yeah. the Canadian border and then it comes right down. Yeah. Even better point. I, I remember a year ago. uh Former Secretary Pompeo was doing an interview and he was asked, this is right after Russia came into Ukraine, and they asked Secretary Pompeo, would this have happened under President Trump? And he gave just, I thought, the best answer. He said, well, the short answer is I don't know, but I do know this. It didn't happen under President Trump. Yeah, and and that, that speaks to it all. That says it all because there was, there was strength from the Trump presidency and the Trump White House projected to the world. And frankly, I think we have just the opposite, which is uh, not good for our, our great country. No question about it. Well, we thank you for everything you're doing. It means a world of difference. Yeah. And just to get Democrats to actually take an introspective look and figure out what they've been doing here is just absolutely unconstitutional in so many different varieties. But they would never get to that if it wasn't for Jim Jordan and leading leading the way. So thank you very much, sir. I appreciate you joining you us. You bet. Thank you guys so much. Take care. <laughs> so this guy's great. I mean, obviously, everything that they're doing is exactly what needs to be done. There, I have no more confidence in anybody in the entire Congress to get to the bottom of all the various problems with civil liberties and personal liberties and constitutionally protected liberties that this administration and democratic governance have done to the American people here over the last few years. Mainstream. And again, like a universally acclaimed as, as as a guy of integrity. We've been waiting for this for, you Bingo. know, ever since Joe Biden got into office, we just knew what he would try to do to this country. And it just it feels great that we're finally here and we can we can have these investigations. And fellas, I'd like to point out Jim Jordan is from Ohio. <laughs> oh God. You would be remiss if you didn't take credit for something. <laughs> uh well, fellas, I think we did it for a, a big Tuesday. Yeah. I think so. Absolute banger of an episode gentlemen thank you so much to jim jordan for dropping by thank you so much to our listeners uh you are the reason why we do this so until next time minions keep the faith hold the line and own the libs we'll see you on thursday stay ruthless